Welcome to my Beauty Fuel Food by JJ, a yoga and wellness expert from New York living in Paris. JJ seeks out creatives and entrepreneurs who exemplify a vision of how to live a good life. Welcome to our very high vibrational lifestyle. Today with Verena Tremel, who is the founder of Ritual Studio, a Pilates studio in Paris. One of the most, I have to say, um, varied Pilates studios in Paris. Mm -hmm. You offer so many different kind of classes. It's definitely something else. Um, but before we get into that, I'd love to know from you. So you lived in New York for about 13 years. Mm -hmm. And then you came to Paris. Why Paris? Yes. So actually, I'm originally from Vienna. I grew up in Vienna and I'm Viennese. And um, my dream, my romantic dream was always Paris. I don't know why. I've never seen it before, but I love the language. I had it in school. And um, um, I'm a dancer. I used to be a dancer, professional dancer. And so Paris was just always... I don't know, in my, my dream, that's yeah. where I would end up. And um, But then things happened differently. And I ended up in New York, which was not bad either. Yeah. And so I left Vienna, I was 18, and I uh, I, I ended up in New York and um, started my career over there. And I loved it. So I spent 13 years in New York. And then actually I came finally 14 years ago to, to Paris. And um, at the beginning I was still dancing, but since I was always teaching as well, or... Uh, been teaching for over 20 years um, the ex-owner of the now studio rituel uh, back then it was called Element Paris and the owner was from New York and she okay. was desperately looking for teachers okay and so we actually met in New York and um, she um, she proposed me to come to to Paris which is always my dream and recruit teachers start teaching there and that's how it happened I started becoming the head teacher I recruited and um, I started teaching while I was still dancing back then. I was still going back and forth between New York and Paris. But then I just love Paris. So I ended up staying. I understand. Um, New York and Paris are both very special true. places. Yeah. But New yeah, York and totally. Paris is just, it's they're Paris. Both, they're both. Yeah, New really, York. But I do love Paris. And I also love New York. So in New York, what kind of dancing were you doing? I was uh, a modern dancer. I okay. was always trained classically. In Vienna, I was uh, trained in classical ballet, musical theater. There was not much modern. And that's basically what brought me to New York. And um, in preparing also uh, for my dance uh, classes, for my dance career, and preparing in my dance training, really, I started uh, learning about Jared Honig, yoga, Pilates. So this is really the city where it all happened, was in New York. And um, um, so when I came to Paris, I wanted to first transmit what I learned over there in the studio, which was then called Element Paris. And then later, years later, when I took over and uh, called it Rituel with my ex-associate, right now, uh, the last three years, um, since three years ago, I took over the company and I really wanted to create, let's call it a mini, a mini New York, because in New York, you have the best of everything, the best True. teachers, but you need to find where they are. I mean, you find them, but you have to go uptown to do True. your yoga class, go to the Chiron Honig, the White Cloud studio to find your Chiron Honig, to go to specific Pilates studios. That's how it used to be anyway. And, um, and when I came to Paris and in that studio which was well, beautiful place i felt like i wanted the best but in one place but still keep it on a family uh at like an intimate enough place so it doesn't become a huge you know equinox i don't want to become a chain yeah 
um, I wanted to be a, a little home for for clients or whoever to come and work out and also for me and my teachers. What was it like um, about 14 years ago here in Paris? People Were people doing Pilates? No. But yes, but actually most people did not know yet what it was. Um, it's funny because people are like, what? Uh, Pontius Pilatus? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that? So I think Pilates became popular only the last maybe six, seven years. Mm -hmm. But now I think everybody has at least heard about Pilates. Yeah. Um, yoga is back in in fashion yeah. right now but it's I mean it's it's also old and uh, really ancient disciplines yeah. that uh, that come back into fashion um, but Pilates yeah maybe the last seven six seven years and now you have more and more teachers also because there's schools now and me also I'm teaching um, teacher trainers so at the studio we also have um, teacher trainings so it's very important for me to also Uh, educate and have education at our studio for professionals. Well, I think one thing that's very interesting and um, it was something that surprised me and I think it would definitely surprise a lot of the listeners was when I was in my yoga teacher training, there was two Pilates, uh, Pilates instructors also taking the training mm -hmm. and they were shocked to what the difference between a Pilates training and a 200-hour yoga training because oh, yeah. the Pilates training is so intense. Yeah, it's, yeah. Definitely. And I've done yoga teacher trainings as well and gyrotonic, which gyrotonic is really my big passion. What um, is gyrotonic? So gyrotonic, um, and that's the first discipline. Well, actually, yoga was maybe the first um, uh, that, I, that, that I've learned apart from dancing. Um, but gyrotonic I learned in 19, 1992. was one of the first things when I came to New York. I, I um, stumbled upon the studio, which was, what was called White Cloud Studio. And my colleague dancers were laughing. I was like, well, are you in a sect or something? And I tried to explain it because back then it wasn't called gyrotonic yet. The name came much later. But um, it's basically, when people don't know what it is, the simplest way to understand it is if you know Pilates, it's that, but better. <laughs> Or that, but in three dimensions. Okay. So every, there's no linear square movement. Everything is fluid. Uh, circular, undulatory, is that a word? Undulatory, <laughs> Andula it's undulate, undulating yeah. motion, figure eights, it's beautiful, it feels like a dance um, okay. on machines or without machines and um, I, I just fell in love with this discipline. Uh, back then it was mainly for dancers, it was created by a dancer, uh, Julio Horvath, um, a Romanian-born Hungarian who, who in the 70s He actually defected from Romania, from Hungary and Romania, and ended up in Italy in a refugee camp. I mean, it's a crazy story, his his life story. Wow! And eventually had became asylum in New York. So he ended up in New York in the 70s, and he was an amazing uh, ballet dancer. And he had a principal uh, was hired as a principal dancer in Houston, at Houston Ballet, and then he had a, a really bad injury, and basically that brought a halt to his career. And then he started um, creating his way of healing himself. So he started a lot of, he did already a lot of yoga and other disciplines, lots of meditation. And he basically went on an island in the Virgin Islands on St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, he built his own hut. Wow. And he spent six years kind of in his own, uh, how do you say, just uh, exile really. And kind of went into... To healing himself and which didn't take six years but then he actually took the time to create come up with this new um, evolved technique which back then he called yoga for dancers 
which now it's called gyrokinesis and gyrotonic. Gyrotonic is with machines, gyrokinesis is without machines. A little bit like Pilates, you can do it on the mat or with machines, same okay. principle. And these are beautiful machines that back in the day he made himself and they look like sculptures. So even the Pilates equipment is pretty good looking. Yeah. This is all wood equipment, but imagine now the gyrotonic equipment, even round or everything is circular, it's just beautiful. Incredible. Yeah, and, and the idea is, um, for him when he created this was to for even for non-dancers so he started with dancers but even for non-dancers dancer to create movement that will not only strengthen you but also make you more supple make you also on a, on a, even your breathing everything is, is is related like in yoga uh, like in pilates it's making movement more efficient gain uh, strength, but it also um, works on a lymph lymphatic system, on your nervous system. So it's really a whole body mind experience, and like yoga is like like any good method really should be. Yeah. And uh, but what's really nice is when you do it, you really feel that you're dancing. And so for non-dancers, it's just beautiful to see. You know, we all have this dream. I think everybody had the dream at some point to become a dancer, maybe even just as a kid. Just oh, had the dream. Like even guys, you know. I'm not a dancer, not but it, I but I can't dance for my life. But I'd love to be a dancer. So you learn, you know, you're it's it's very these, these movement patterns that are created are really you know when you do this with the machines, it creates um, a movement that will help you also coordinate your movement. So it's not natural for everybody to move in a coordinated way and very. Um, smooth way, but that's really what it does. It okay, will, it will make you a better mover. So for dancers, that's really important for athletes, but also for somebody who's who just doesn't have that physical intelligence, let's call it, you will will get that. And it's really a see at any age. I mean, you can have any age, any handicap, really. Um, it's 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 brilliant. And the machines are, are, are designed so that you can adapt it to anybody, no, no matter if it's if you're really tall, if you're really stiff, if you have this, if you have a problem with the leg. I mean, we have people who are half handicapped and it really simulates your nervous system, your muscular system and even brain function. So it's, I, it's brilliant. I love it. That is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. When you were dancing in New York, were you also practicing Pilates? Yes, but not at the beginning. So as I said, I started with yoga and gyrotonic, which is very similar in terms of um, this whole holistic idea yes. and I actually found out about Pilates, I mean I knew about Pilates but I've actually started practicing it much later and I remember going into the first Pilates studio I thought this looks so square yeah. <laughs> and when I first started I was like oh I don't, I'm not sure about this but it does it, it does it has a different I don't want to say a different approach but it's it's also really good and um, yeah I mean I, I, I love it as well and that's why and I think you know, there's people who one thing might be easier to start with than another. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way. I mean, all these people, whether it's Joseph Pilates or Julie Horvath, who created Gyrotonic or any yoga guru, you know, a yoga master or a Zen master, anybody who creates something um, has found his truth Completely. and then gives that to the next descendant or whoever. So really there's no there's not one truth and um some people swear on pilates or gyrotonic and they just want to do that and why not totally i and mean that's why i wanted to have excuse me that's why i wanted to have the disciplines that i really love that i practice and that i teach uh, at the studio and um, without being 
in contradiction to the other. So I'm not at all a purist, meaning I don't think there's only one way. And um, whichever technique you, you do, uh, either teach as a teacher or as a student, you need to, to A, become your own teacher in a way, so really learn how to listen to your own body, and, and that's really important. But also to, to, um, to know that each technique will evolve. Meaning, whatever I taught 10 years ago, I don't teach anymore. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's, Completely. It's, it's, and I think any good teacher or anybody who, who has, you know, who's practicing will realize that, oh my God, I work differently now than I did five years ago, 10 years ago. It should evolve, progress. And uh, Julie Horvath, he's still alive. He's still progressing with his gyrotonics. So he also, the way he taught 20 years ago, is, is not the same as today, of, of course. No. And this is the good thing with, with, with masters like that that are still alive, that it's still progressing. And I think it's difficult, um, maybe also that's why it's difficult to find um, that in Pilates or even yoga when, you know, it's, it's to, to find the right teacher, to, to find the right, uh, where it's not stuck in, oh, I do classical or this is the way it's supposed to, well, says who? Mm -hmm. You know, these people are dead and, and nowadays they would, I'm sure, do it differently. Um, and I think it's all, also all about perspective. I mean, I, I, two things like really came up for me um, in hearing you talk about all of that. And, and one is that, you know, it's true that there's a practice out there for everyone, be it Pilates, yoga, um, gyrotonic. I mean, I've been trying for years and years and years to convince my mom to like yoga and she mm -hmm. hates it. She yeah, hates that's it. fine. And you know, she, and she loves Pilates. Yeah. And, and that's fine. That's totally fine. And you know, to me, it's all, uh, well, it's not the same thing, but to me, uh, yoga means union. Voila. <laughs> totally. Voila. That's, it says it all. And I think good disciplines or good, a good movement practice or any practice, um, you know, physically speaking, if, if you're lucky, you have two arms, you have two legs, you have a brain, you have a back, move it. Yeah. If you know how to move it as a teacher, if you know anatomy well enough, if you know biomechanics or biomotion you should say and you 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 know how to teach then use it and i don't care whether it's called yoga or pilates or kundalini or vinyasa yeah if you know what you do with the student if the student likes it uh then that's his way that's his approach and that's that's the path he found and that's good yeah and, and another thing that came up for me um that felt very much in line with what we were talking about is also you know where you are as a teacher and a student on the spectrum and you know once I was talking to a yoga teacher um, about you know what's the difference between your different levels and I'd love to know that question the answer to that question for you as well and um she gave different levels like you know like gyrotonic one gyrotonic ah, two okay 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 and um she used a really interesting example and she was saying how well she was once um, studying with Iyengar, BKS Iyengar, and the whole class was based on your eye movements mm -hmm. and how you were doing a posture incorrectly because of your eye movements. Yeah. Try Absolutely. teaching that to beginner students. Right, exactly. Yeah. No so I, think it's, I think it's very important to have levels. Even in yoga, I do that because not in all our classes we have that, but in most, I think it's important because... Even as Iyengar said, you need to teach each individual at his appropriate level. Mm -hmm. So if you have 20 or 40, I mean, too many students in a classroom and not one 
um, you know, really advanced students and then real beginners, it's hard to find common ground. So um, that's A, why I don't want to have so many students in a class. So it's maximum 13 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I try to really keep it small because as a teacher, you cannot, you cannot transform. I mean, you cannot A, correct everybody the no. way you would want to. It's impossible. And I think it's, you know, if, if you're more than 15 people, you don't have the same relationship as a stu student between a student and a teacher. And also you get information. You definitely get a, maybe enough information, but you don't get any transformation. No, it's impossible. You don't have the same relationship. And it's it's that's when people get hurt or or maybe don't even get hurt, but just they don't get the same out of it. And if you do the same thing, yeah, if you, I, I, I experience that a lot with my my own practice. Um, you know, just doing, spending years doing the same exact thing and then realizing and seeing other people who had only practiced for such and such amount of time, which is less than me, and being like, why am I not there yet? Well, it's because mm -hmm. I'm doing the same exact thing exactly. and no one's telling and me anything yeah, different. Exactly. And you know, we only have three levels, not in every discipline, but, and people like to jump right away. So when can I start the next yeah. level? And I was like, well, start already with level one. It's not, it's nothing pejorative. It's not putting no. anybody down. It's just... There's so much information and, um, you know, the thing is like in a ballet class, uh, you do the same movement every time. It's if repetition, you become better and also more aware. That's the main thing, uh, whether it's Pilates or yoga or gyrotonic, that you develop awareness, self-awareness, body awareness. Completely. Uh, then you add the breath, then you add uh, the mind, you add, well, the mind is, should be there at the beginning, but then the eye movement, it's in all disciplines, very different, uh, very, very important, but you cannot put everything at once in, this is too much information. So you really take your time. I mean, you can be in a level one for a year or more, it depends. And, and you, you shouldn't going... get bored. It's the same movement maybe, but you make it better, you, you improve. I feel like sometimes even going back to a level one once you're at an advanced absolutely. level is so incredibly absolutely. difficult absolutely and and i can tell you it's not boring and especially i mean i sometimes tell people who have been coming to the studio for a long time and are advanced but sometimes i tell them well go back to level one and see what you can how you can make it not boring and it's because it's much slower sometimes less information but you can think of so many more things now that you didn't back then mm -hmm. and see how that changes so but yeah, chump levels is, is never a good idea. I would tend to agree with that. No. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more also about, you know, you began this holistic part of your life in New York. How did it change the way you see things? I mean, dance is a very competitive sport. It's a very competitive discipline mm -hmm. and um, job, metier. Yes. Did it help you mentally? Absolutely. Well, it helped me physically, obviously. Um, but definitely mentally as well. So I did meditation as well. Maybe not as much as I should have back then. Yeah. <laughs> now I do it more and I wish I had it done back then because I'm a very nervous, anxious person. I always was. But it helps It helps you in any... I mean, it helped me then and it helps anybody. Really, any of these disciplines will... On a physical level first, but then you become more aware. You become calm because your whole nervous system reacts so just putting the breath to the movement for example you you put your attention to the present moment which is basically meditation or mindfulness so when you do that with a movement if you're really present and you do the movement um 
in dance as well, but also all the disciplines that helped me with my dancing, Charitana, Yoga, Pilates, um, it calms the nervous system. It does calm your nerves and it also makes you move better. It makes you digest better. So it's really, um, it is holistic. Whether you think about it, I think back then I wasn't even aware of it. It just kind of Happened. happens. It's a, it's a nice byproduct. And that's also what happens for students or clients who come in. They might come in for the asanas and yoga or for the fitness part of it. But that's just a bait to bring them in. But then it, it really changes their life, not just their bodies. And that's usually what's ends up, what ends up happening. But, you know, I wouldn't say that in the beginning because that scares them if I would say that. But that's really what happens. In what way did that happen for you? Um, for me, it was obvious early on because as a dancer, you're always you're always searching, self-searching, uh, searching elsewhere, how to become better, how to become calmer, how to live longer in a way, in meaning like in your dancing, yeah. in your preserving yourself, preserving yourself and um, yeah, on a physical level, but also just mentally dealing with competition, etc. And um, yeah. It was able to calm your mind a little bit more and, and rest in the present moment as absolutely of... i mean that in dance already that happens anyway because yeah. it becomes almost meditative meditative um so it's very similar and i think to to those who are non-dancers um i feel it, it's so nice to see that they almost become a dancer Do you yeah know what I mean? because once you're in your body and you move and you improve your movement quality and it becomes almost you know you become uh, how do you say uh, physical literacy completely yeah? then it it, it it makes you move better it, your demeanor is better your gestures your everything i mean i see some people come out and feel like wow you, you move like a dancer and it's exactly the same thing i mean beautiful movement to me is dance and if you if you if it's purposeful and if you think about it what you're doing if you're mindful about it and you're in the present moment there's no difference completely um there's definitely this mutual I guess we could say stereotype of dancers usually turning towards Pilates. Why is this? True. There's a lot of dancers um, who, who turn either into towards teaching, whether it's teaching dance or Pilates or yoga or gyrotonic. Uh, so you have a lot of, a lot of instructors and teachers who, 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 who were dancers. Um, yeah, or they, or, they, or they choreograph or they change completely their career. But I think it makes sense because I'm still practicing all these methods. I'm still, you know, once a dancer, you're always a dancer and you mm -hmm. want to move, you, you know, it's hard not to work with your body and, 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 and transmit also, give, give to other people that, that feeling is just, it's passionate. And I think you can give that to other people. They don't have to become dancers to feel that and to, to this, this well-being, the sense of knowing how to move your body. It's your instrument. It's, it's like a singer. I, I yeah. admire singers just for the same reason that I love and admire dancers. And, and I'm so lucky and fortunate to have had this profession because it's, it's just, you don't need anything else but yourself and your instrument and just fine tune it. For you, did you ever experience any difficulties or stress in the physical aspect of dancing? Um, I know that that can definitely be a, a trigger for a lot of dancers is this sense of perfection physically. Was that something that you experienced throughout your career at all? Of course, of course. Yeah. I don't think any any dancer didn't have that. We're always perfecting, and um, in a good way, in a bad way, maybe I don't know. But it's it's a job in a way. You always want to to, to become better, and um, 
so yeah, there's no limit to, to trying to find out. I mean, that's why I was also always searching for methods that would help and work. I love trying out new things. So when I found Charitani, it's like, wow, that's really cool. And all the best dancers and ballerinas were doing it. So I felt like can't be wrong and it felt good. And I maybe, I will never know, but maybe that's also thanks to that method or all the other methods that I practiced that I never had serious injuries. I had maybe tendonitis, little, little issues, but I never had um, any big issues. Thankfully. That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. And I think big part of me is the gyrotonic that I did. And back then, Julio still did acupuncture. So whenever I had tendonitis or shin splints or, or stuff, he would always help me out. And I love acupuncture. So yeah, I did Chinese medicine. So in New York, you have everything. Yeah. So, but I was very fortunate that way that I never had any big injuries. For sure. But I yeah, mean, the stress level was there, the competition, of course, the never wanting to gain weight and all these Im- Im- image imaging um, stuff that, 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 you know, drives people crazy as dancers, especially when you're young and you, um, that was a challenge. And Pilates Definitely. and Geotonic, did that come into place and play a role in any way to help you kind of curb this desire or curb this? Um, negative these negative thoughts that would come yeah definitely it's just it's 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 a place where again back then I wasn't meditating that much but for me that was my movement meditation so yeah it brings you to to yourself to your home and just start from a kind of neutral neutral base where you where you're non-judgmental by yourself first of all because you're you know you're so judgmental as a dancer I think most dancers know what I'm talking about and image the the you always need to be better and and so that's takes a toll on you and i think to have a practice whether it's yoga or charitonic or something that a ritual that really helps what is your ritual what is your ritual (laughs) rituals i have have a lot of rituals but um so my in in terms of my physical practice yeah I, i practice every day Usually what I do is is in the morning. That's when I work the best and it kind of oils me up for the whole day. I get yeah. my machine, my body ready to teach, to do whatever I need to do during the day. And um, I vary between charitonic yoga and Pilates. So uh, for instance, if I have a class that I start at nine o'clock and it's a Pilates class, I will do that class on my own first. Okay. The same class I teach. So it kind of puts me into the rhythm already of what I'm giving and then I can sense, okay, is this the right thing today to do um, it has to feel right on the day but so usually that gives me that dictates me whether I do Pilates today or Charitonic or yoga so it's on a regular basis I do them all and usually I do it in the morning before I teach class and um, yeah sometimes it will be the afternoon but I, I definitely have to move every day sometimes I won't on Sunday or Saturday it yeah depends. Um, but mornings yeah it's- that's so that's my physical let's say my ritual in terms of um, the movement part. Otherwise, I have morning rituals as well that I that I kind of yeah. vary. But um, tell us about those. I, I do um, pretty much every morning. I, I, I how do you call it? Dry skin brush. Mm-hmm. And that I love because I have a fragile skin. I used to have eczema a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's actually funny because my mom used to do that since it was since wow. I was born. She always would skin brush. And I always thought it was really funny. And then just a few years ago, I started doing myself out of the blue. I don't know why. Um, also in gyrokinesis, actually, we, we, we do that sometimes in some of the movement classes. We'll start 
brushing the skin or rubbing the skin with wow. or without the gloves. Yeah, it's part of the routine of some formats of the of the exercises that you start kind of detoxifying first. And um, the skin brushing, you know, it takes me five to ten minutes in the morning, and it it I love it. It feels really good on my skin. It gets nice and smooth. It also gets it circulated and you know you really detox a lot through your skin it's your biggest largest organ so that's one of my rituals i do um i take hot cold showers and that's also a thing that my father used to do always so you've grown up with a bit of well-being in yes your life. but actually i would laughed at them i never did it until maybe 15 years ago wow so it's funny they always used to do it and then I didn't even realize that that's what they do when I started doing that myself. So now it's part of my, my, my ritual. Do you have any rituals in terms of the way that you nourish yourself and the way that you eat and the way that you... Yes, so I, I try, I, first of all, I don't do any dieting. Um, and it, it's, it's funny because I think every dancer once in their life has done dieting and myself included. And um, I realized that um, I, I try to eat healthy. I mean, I eat very healthy. I look at the ingredients and it's, it's really, I try to look at each nutriment or each, how do you say it in English? Um, I forgot the word. But each item you eat it, yeah. it is really, it's a fuel to your body. So it, it, it has to be, it has to be um, a good thing that you put into yourself. It's really I don't know if I should say you eat what you are, but it's part of who you are, what you, what you put into your body. So that has to be good for you. So it's I eat organic mostly when I can. Um, I don't eat a lot of gluten. That doesn't mean I eat completely gluten free. Um, but when I eat, I love to eat. So I take I take pleasure in eating. I like to vary colors. I like lots of vegetables. I love vegetables and fruit. Um, but I like meat as well and fish, so I really try to vary as much as I can. Lots of protein, maybe less grain, um, but I don't have a, uh, a single perfect way. thing. No, no, I use a lot of uh, coconut oil, good oil, whole, um, the whole food. Yeah. How has it been? So you know, you've had it, this career that's now been fourteen years of having a Pilates studio in Paris and, you know, your personal life, how have you been able to manage both of them? Do you have any kind of tips for success for being an entrepreneur, female? Well, I love what I do. It's my passion. So I, I, I really, I mean, the, the question is actually kind of funny because it is my life. It's, I don't, I don't really divide personal and business, which might seem funny, but I, I'm, it feels like my home. The studio is my home, even though I live I live just next door to it. So I have my home home and I have my studio, but it's really our home. It, it's, it's my home, it's my, my, my teacher's home, and even my clients feel at home there. So I don't really, I don't want to say I have any any, any extra time off, but I, I breathe the studio. I'm really, it's, it's always kind of, at least in the back of my mind. And, um, and I'm really fortunate to practice what I teach. So I, I, it's the rituals that I do are the rituals I teach. And um, yeah, I, I don't really dissociate. Maybe not enough, actually. But um, I, for now, it makes me really happy. It's your and passion. I think, and I think um, as an advice for anybody who's an entrepreneur, do what you love to do. If you're not passionate about it, try something else. I think anything you do with passion, you will succeed. The money will follow. I mean, I never even thought about money ever in my life 
I always it always just followed so yeah just find what you really love to do because a passion it's something that you, 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 you know, it's the first thing you, you wake up, you think about, and it's something that anybody, uh, that nobody can actually stop you from doing it. Yeah. So it's as simple as that. You're going to do it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Ritual, the name of the studio. How did that come about? That was actually a brilliant idea of my ex-associate, Deborah Kaiser. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was not my idea. And I'm really thankful for her, to her, that she came up with that idea because her thing was, well, what is a daily ritual? It, it's so true. I mean, it, 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 it fits. It's really, um, you know, people who come to the studio, myself included, it's we, we practice something, a ritual, and it's more than just a routine. To me, it's a very big difference. A routine is something almost like a chore. It's something, okay, you have to do. Right. It, it it's almost has a negative connotation, whereas a ritual is something meaningful. It might be a routine, but it's 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 a it's it's something you do on a regular basis, but it's sacred to you. Yeah, and it can be it can be you know meditation, it can be uh, skin brushing, it can be eating a breakfast, it can be a movement practice. So the studio would be you know the Pilates, the class, um, or anything that is your ritual and it's sacred to you. So it's a place um, at a time at a place that's that's sacred to you. Yeah, it makes total and complete sense because that being said, it's, you know, it's funny thinking about um, rituals and having a routine. Um, I feel like we're always striving to have this routine in our lives. And for once this summer, it was the first time I had stayed in Paris in August and I was able to actually have a routine and I hated it. Yeah. And for once in my life, I was like, oh my gosh. Well, try to I just say it differently. What, try to find a ritual. It's very different. Yeah already the word I mean I, I hate actually I hate routines I've never tried to find a routine for me a routine is okay having to get up having to go to the work it's it's it doesn't have the same meaning no and and, and I don't like routine I'm so happy that I have a job where it's not a routine I can actually not only can I manage my own time and of course I have certain certain times and schedules and classes at certain times but I still take each moment really as if it was a new one. I mean, it is a new one. Each moment is, is new. Um, so yeah, I think ritual is much moment. more, maybe a better way to think about what you like to do than thinking of, of routines. I 100% agree with you on that one. What is it that you want to bring to your students? So the first, well, there's, there's a lot of things that I want to bring, but if there's one thing that I would like to, that I would like to transmit or, or give to students, um, is the fact that they become their own teachers. So for instance, they come to class and I mean, I love them to come back to the studio. Most of them come on a regular basis, but I want them to become their own teacher in the sense that they know what they're doing, why they're doing it and not just senselessly move. So, you know, start something that transforms you in a way, changes your, your everyday uh, life, you know, not just your posture. So on a physical level, of course, I want them to have a good posture and whatever they learn in class or whatever they've practiced in a one hour, two hour class, or if they've stayed for more classes, then in those classes, can they, can they then move better, for example, during the day, have a good posture during the day, you know, or yeah. if they do mindfulness or if they do yoga, can you, can you keep it up? quote unquote, yeah. during your everyday life. That's really, that's the main thing. 
is bringing your practice into you know, your daily because life. Because some people come to class every day, other people come twice twice a week. So that's nothing compared to how much you move during the during the day. And is that movement good for you? Are you sitting in front of your computer and do you have bad posture? Do you become mm-hmm. aware of that? First, you have to become aware in order to change something. So usually what happens over a, a period of time that uh, students have come and, and practice and take class and practice, they become self-aware and it, it, it does something in their everyday life. I think that's really what I, what I love to see. Yeah, I mean, what I can definitely say from experience students of yours, um, I can speak for um, and just say that, you know, Anais, one of the members of uh, the team, mm-hmm. she, um, you know, seeing her like up at, you know, an early morning hour going to a class, I never would have thought she'd be there. And I'm like, wait a second, I was in bed longer than she was. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, sorry to interrupt you. No, go. It's because she loves it. It's because and she loves if, it. if, you know, if a student or if a student, if a client or anybody comes to a, a session or a class that they don't really like, they won't get up. So, it, that, and that's why I have different disciplines, different types of classes, because it's really, there's not one way that's good for everybody the same. So, you... I, you know, I really encourage people to find what they love. And maybe it's not even at my studio. I mean, I hope they find it because I think we have everything. But mm-hmm. that they, they find either the discipline or the class or the teacher that they really love coming back to. Because if you don't, if you don't love doing it, then you need to find something else. It won't work the same way. No. It, it, it won't transform you. I mean, it's still maybe better than doing nothing. Although, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, you know, it has to be fun. It really... And that's what I see. Students who come, they, they find either the teacher they love or the class they love, and then they find their own rituals or, you know, on Monday to, to, to take a specific yoga class, and then on Tuesday we'll take a Pilates class. And what's nice also, other disciplines don't contra, 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 um, contradict, how do you say, they don't, um, um, they're not opposites to each other, yeah. you know. So they're all complementary. Yes, they're all complementary, and especially our teachers are most, all of them, most of them are, uh, multidisciplinary teachers, meaning they have a long, long experience. Um, so they're Pilates instructors, but they also teach most of them tonic or yoga and yoga, uh, like myself. So I don't hire people that just come out of a 200-hour yoga certification. It's just you won't find that in my studio. So it's, it's and they they all really um, appreciate each other. So we take each other's classes, and that's what I love too. That my teachers are really changed my life I mean we're 23 teachers and we all influence each other which makes it really a nice experience for us and also the clients the students feel that yeah that there's really an exchange and none of our instructors or teachers are um, feel like they know it all because we don't we grow we continue our education we have um, teacher trainings at the studio and we continuously grow I mean I do I do as well I think that's what people love also who come to the studio. They feel that it's growing. We're continuing to educate ourselves. And so we don't put the students at a different level than, than us, really. Sounds like you've also created a real community. Yes, it, it, um, it, it's, it's a family. And I, I really, really am fortunate to have that. And hopefully it will stay like that. I don't want to, to become this huge, you know, I want to expand and have different studios. I want to keep it like this and if we expand then maybe 
have more ideas or expanding in terms of we do retreats we we build up when we have a teacher training program for uh, pilates yoga and gyrotonic and anatomy but i i want to keep it really family business so not have more than we're already 23 teachers which is a lot but it still is enough small enough so we all know each other we know how how we work best together and we know each other clients most of us so the students will actually change sometimes and and when they go take class with me or with Virginie or somebody else they we kind of know what their 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 the specificities are or if they have injuries if they have you know whatever so it's 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 really intimate i think that that's something that is just so important and is something that is gotten so lost yes i agree um over the past couple of years or you know in general that you know studios become a place where people come and go and don't know each other and i don't want that it's it's a very fine line between um you know having full classes and my classes are pretty full but still create space space meaning for each student for each I hate the word students actually the clients i mean they're like they feel more like family members the people who come we become friends eventually i mean it's it's really a, a place where people like to come not only for the movement practice but also just to hang out and socialize um you know the classes are small enough 12 people in a reformer class we have seven people not more because it's already a lot to to look at and um uh, but it's often you see some of the same faces in the class so people get to know each other. Yeah. And I think it's important to build relationships, not just student-teacher, but also amongst in the group. And we do propose also, we have lots of private classes too, but I actually push um, those who, who take mainly private lessons to also do group classes because the group energy is, is beautiful. It's really nice also to learn from each other, to be in a different dynamic and just learn on an individual basis but we do both and some people uh, do both some clients come in and do one private a, a week and then uh, do a couple of group classes so it's i think that that's really beautiful because also i mean in general if it's you know a community means a group of people that are that have similar interests so in a group of seven or 13 to 14 people they're probably pretty similar and they probably have a lot in common or can relate. Well, they I become mean, familiar with each other. I wouldn't say there's, they're similar because we have very different characters and actually that makes it beautiful that you would think, yeah. oh, that might clash. And actually, I mean, I do retreats now too with, with small groups of maximum 15, so between 10 and 15 people. And the first time I, I did that, so it's basically retreats for our clients. So right. I already know all the clients, but they don't necessarily know each other. On our first retreat, for example, we were 15 people, 16 people a few years back. And um, and some of them haven't met each other before because mm-hmm. one, you know, some of them come in the evenings, I'm only on weekends, so they haven't really crossed paths. And I was a bit nervous to spend one week or eight days even together. How will that and it was it was beautiful because because of all the different differences in personality and but yet you're living together for and practicing together for a week. It was beautiful what actually happened in the relationships, even more so than just being at the studio. And then when he came back from the retreat, everybody exchanged numbers. I mean, they become even closer. So people are not necessarily similar. I don't agree so much with that. I mean, I have 
some classes where you have a 24 year old and next next door then on the on the other machine or next on the next mat you have an 80 year old and it works yeah yeah they're on the same level i mean they're differently physically but they have the same amount of experience not physically in terms of pilates or diatonic or yoga and i mean they're not similar but they still can work out in the same class and it's it's really nice yeah I think that's a really beautiful. And that's way also to think why of it. I don't have adolescent classes, and I used to do classes for ado for for um, teenagers, mm-hmm. and I stopped doing that because I realized that it was fun for them. But they actually, those who really want to come to certain classes, they work much better and love taking classes with adults. Okay. So they might come in with their with their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, but they they actually do better in a class where they're not just among teenagers. And uh, anyway, we have specific grades for teenagers, of course, but I actually prefer not doing teenager classes anymore because from my experience, it's they learn much better and they actually enjoy it much more being at the same level as an adult and being talked to them the same. I mean, they're to me in terms of movements, the same thing. Yeah, that's a very interesting way to think of it. And, you know, it is true, you know, you're next to you could be next to somebody that is the complete opposite as you but there's something that's i think also bringing you both into the room yeah and most people come maybe for the same reasons they might be completely different uh different uh body types personality types but most people at the beginning at least come either for fitness or they want to lose weight or have better posture so the 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 what lures them to come in might be the same thing but then they're all very different and some of the times they, they come out actually with different, a different idea of what the, the practice does to them, which is really nice. Thank you so much for sharing your Savar view You're with very us welcome. today. I Thank have you. one final question mm-hmm. for you. What would you say your Savar vivre is, the Savar vivre of Rena? Uh, take each moment. Um, I, don't want, I hate to say it as if it was the last, but in a way I really try to, to be very mindful of each moment and take it as a gift. I love the proverb um, that the uh, what you did in the past, because we always think, usually I think in past and future, you know, yeah. we have troubles, whatever happened during the day or last year, or we're nostalgic or etc. Or we're writing projects in the future. And um, I mean, I used to be like that for a long, long time, even as a dancer, where I would think of the past or the future, but rarely really be in the moment. The only time when I was in the moment when I was practicing dancing or Pilates or gyrotonic or, or yoga. And, and now I really try to apply that to even every everyday life, not just being in my body and being in the studio in the moment, but really each moment. And it's something to be practiced. It's not something that comes like that for most people. For me, right. it didn't. It still doesn't. It's still... Um, I tried to cultivate that. Um, and yeah, I forgot the proverb. The proverb goes that um, the past is history, the future is a secret, but each moment is a gift. So it's, it, it says it all. And I really don't take anything for granted. I love so that. that. And um, yeah, if, if it, it sounds so easy, and I mean, I've done mindfulness and, it's, it, and meditation, but that's these are big words, but really it's just being in the present moment and pay attention to it. And that's something that you need to practice. And I practice it and it, it does change everything. 
Thank you so much You're again, welcome. Verena. Thank you very it was much. A pleasure. It was an honor. Thank you.